Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Sour number two of Oilers Now. Thursdays are fun, fun day for me. Get uh, back-to-back guests, Louis DeBrusque and Brian Burke. And doesn't get much better than that. A little bit of old-school action as well. Sheldon Alexson is coming up as well uh, from Sports Central to talk about Dave's drive in honour of Dave Semenko at 1.35 today. The second hour of Oilers now is brought to you by Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. You can reach us on a River Cree Resort and Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. Brendan, did we get a winner? Uh, for everybody out there, we have a trivia winner. Uh, we appreciate your interest in the show. We only have seven phone lines. We have our winner. And so for the seven people that are calling in right now, you're not getting the tickets to, mor- to tomorrow night's game through us. You can, because there are tickets available. Get tickets. Uh, go visit EdmontonOilers.com for more and information. So congratulations to Jim. But a reminder, we do have another pair to give away on tomorrow's show. So oh, okay. you, uh, maybe keep your schedule open if you're interested in that sort of thing. So the question was, name the three players uh, that were part of the Oilers 1990 championship team that uh, Glenn Sather procured out of Detroit for Jimmy Carson. And the correct answer is Joe Murphy. Peter Klima and Adam Graves. So two-thirds of those guys were on the kid line with Martin Jelena, and then Klima obviously scored the uh, OT winner in Game 3 against Boston. He also got an OT winner, I think it was against L.A. in 91 or 92, one of those years. All right. Uh, every Thursday in Oilers now, for Canadian Power Pack, uh, he's very quickly become one of the most popular guests on this show, Brian Burke. Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader at electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar. And Brian Burke is uh, joining us on line nine. Brian, how are you? Good, Bob. How are you? Good. We got you. Uh, what would they call that back in the day, that direct phone line that worked between, like, the Kremlin and uh, and the president's office? What was that? The hotline? Or? Yeah, the hotline. Yeah, that was the deal. And then... Was it uh, was it Reagan who told the joke about having the the conversation uh, with Gorbachev and uh, Gorbachev? They both were having a conversation with the devil, and uh, <laughs> and uh, so Reagan's telling the story. You know, Reagan was a, a master order, and he's got this this whole thing going on, Brian. And he goes, "So I'm having this conversation with Mr. Gorbachev, and 
Mr. Uh, Gorbachev uh, goes to me, he goes, well, how much did the call of the devil cost? He goes, oh, it costs us hundreds of millions of dollars to make the call. But the irony is, Mikhail, I know for a fact that uh, it cost you guys under $7 for that call uh, for the devil because it was a local call. So, I'll People are wondering what you're talking about. Uh, Bob actually reached me on a landline at Sportsnet, so that's why the quality sounds better. Way better today. All right, hey, uh, quality is better. The Edmonton Oilers are 6-1. and one. Brian, nobody is planning the parade, but wins are wins, and winning's a lot better than losing. So they're at six and one. They're off to a good start. Give me your thoughts. Well, I would agree with everything you just said. I mean, you can't argue with six and one. Some of them have been have not been uh, Rembrandts, but they can't all be Rembrandts anyway. Uh, as long as they're not stick drawings, they're, they're, you'll take them and move on. Uh, they've gotten great production out of the two big guys. James Neal has fit in nicely. Goaltending's been solid. Special teams been good. There's lots to rave about there. Uh. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, I, I want to talk about the, the two Calgary guys. Uh, now, you didn't have – you left the Flames when they made the decision to bring James Neal in. Uh, that has worked for Edmonton. That said, I think you'd agree he's been put in a position to succeed, has he not? Yeah, he's playing farther up in the lineup, and he's playing with some pretty creative guys, so he's getting every chance to succeed. And he's taking advantage of it. I mean, it's one thing – they could put me with good players, too, but I probably wouldn't succeed. I mean, he's grabbing the, the opportunity he's been given and running with it, and good for him. Well, the power play is only at 45% seven games in all season, Brian. Yeah, and that's what I, I got asked earlier on a show today. Is Edmonton for real? I said, I think they are, but it's too small a sample size. I'm not jumping on that that locomotive just yet, but I sure like what I see. I mean, the, the thing that's impressive about it is the defensive structure, which Dave Tippett's famous for, is making it, they don't give up soft goals. They don't give up easy chances. He's got them buying in and playing. Their spacing's good. Their concentration's good. And then they're getting big-time production from the top six and the odd, the odd you know, bottom six chipping in. Their D is jumping up in the play and being effective. So right now it's all working for them. It's no accident that they're 6-1-1 or whatever the record is. No accident whatsoever. But the question is, can you sustain that? Now, nobody can sustain that pace, but fact of the matter is that they're off to a great start and it does not look like a fluke yeah they got to get some more support scoring i think that's a given uh but they have you know two pretty special players up front we'll talk about those guys in a second mike smith uh you were with the flames when you guys brought him in a couple years ago uh very athletic goaltender and you know what the Oilers don't have a number one goalie they got a one a and one b and so far dave tippett's had the magic wand when it comes to starting these two guys well, you go. It's easy to amend what you say on television, and and I always despise guys who go back. Okay. And, and change and change what they said earlier. And what I, what I said to you uh, before the preseason was that I was comfortable with the goaltending because I know what Mike Smith can do, and I believe Koskinen. Koskinen may be overpaid, but he's a quality goaltender and he's enormous. Guy has a part time job as a wall for Christ's sake. So to me. I'm not surprised this has happened. I didn't think goaltending would be an Achilles heel for this team. I just didn't know if they could convert, adopt tip tip system and get that, uh, you know, have this much success this quickly. Yeah. What did you? What are you thinking as you're watching Connor McDavid score that third goal last night? You know, I, I looked at Jack Michaels and I said, 
Jack, there might only be a couple players in the league that can make that play. And Jack looked at me and said, no, Bob, there's only one player in the world that can make that play. I mean, that was just obscene, wasn't it? Well, it's, it, it, I'll tell you one thing. It made my decision to leave Calgary. I feel much better about that now watching him. I used to hold my breath when he got the puck, honest to God. Really? He's, oh, yeah, he scared the hell out of me. And um, <laughs> I hated playing against him. I loved watching him when we weren't playing them, but I hated playing against him. And I used to hold my breath, literally. I would hold my breath. Sometimes he'd rush down the ice. If he held onto the puck for too long, I'd have to exhale. But otherwise, it was like, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. oh good, he lost the puck. Um, it's so much fun to watch now, and I'm so glad I'm not in Calgary watching it. <laughs> he's he's a force of nature right now. Like yeah. last night, they, Philly outshot them badly. Yes. Like they didn't get outplayed. Yeah. They got outconnored. They didn't get outplayed. They got outconnored. I believe that's a tweet there, uh, Brendan. You can put that one out. It's funny. It, you know, and it's so funny because he's, you know, he's only got 17 points in the first seven games, Brian. <laughs> I know he's got to he's got to pick it up, or they're going to have to make him a healthy scratch for a game. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, no load management for that guy. Are you a little surprised, given that you know? He, I mean, he, he, there there was there was some concern out there that maybe you know that PCL injury, maybe he wouldn't come back. I mean, he's looked pretty darn good to start the year. I got to tell you, I'm a little surprised. I didn't think he'd be this good this quickly coming off that injury. Well, you know what the doctors will tell you now, it's, and touch wood because I don't want to hex anybody, that surgery is almost routine now. It, it, you know, back when, when I was playing, you took an awful chance when you had major knee surgery. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. It ended Bobby Orr's career. Sure. But they know when the surgery is over if it was successful. They don't even have to wait to start the rehab. They start doing range of motion stuff the, the next day. So it's unbelievable how scientific they've made that operation, whether it's ACL, PCL, MCL, whatever whatever difficulty it is, it's almost, and again, touch wood, routine. So I, I wasn't surprised at all that he came back. The timing was the only issue for me. Um, but, you know, I, if you look at the last 30 players in the NHL, top players that had major knee surgery, virtually all of them have come back without difficulty. Brian Burke, presented by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's a leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Brian, um, Leon Dreisaitl, like this show's called Oilers now. The host of the show uh, played for Stu McGregor, who was the head scout at the time. I was all over him in 2014 uh, in that draft year. Leon came to town, Brand, uh, the... Uh, uh, you know, he, he came in with Prince Albert. They played the Oil Kings in the opening round of the playoffs that year. Like, it was all dry settle all the time. People in Edmonton know how good this guy is. Do you think people around the league, like, right, you know, to start the year, he's been a, he hasn't been a top 10 player to start the year. He's been a top five player in the league to start the year. But is, is this, are we no longer, well, he just drafts off of Connor McDavid, or is there an appreciation? Because right now he's playing more than McDavid. He's killing penalties. He takes draws. Is there an appreciation gathering out there for how good this guy is? I think in the hockey community, it's always been there. I mean, I know we weren't sure what the teams ahead of us were going to do. So in Leon's draft year, we spent a great deal of time with him. I remember I, uh, Tree, Brad Schlimming, and I took him out for dinner one night and uh, and grilled him, and he, he, he we put him through a battery of tests, and he, he was great. He's a great kid. So I don't think the hockey community is surprised at all. It's very few players escape the scrutiny of the hockey community right. in their draft year. So I think everyone knew how good he was going to be or thought he was going to be. But I think the projections would be first-line winger slash center, uh, maybe score 40 goals. 
you know, maybe do this. And instead, it's 50 goals. And, and I think he's better than everyone thought. Um, but not his success is no surprise to anyone because it's a combination of two things. He's physically gifted and, and got size. And two, he's a great kid. He's a good person, works at it. Winning is important to him. He has good value system. You combine those two things, you're probably going to get a stud out of it. And that's what they got right now. So I'm at an event this morning, and we, uh, Tom Anselmi, who you know well, uh, was at it with uh, Keith Gretzky, and uh, one, we opened up the forum, and somebody, you know, there's the order six and one, and then uh, this individual, it was a fair question, said, can somebody address, you know, is Connor McDavid going to be here in two years from now? And I, I did happen to bring up that, look, Connor went into Erie. Not every guy that's had the chance to go into Erie, Connor went in there as an exceptional player. And there's been some pretty high-profile players in the NHL uh, that turned down going to Erie in junior. Connor went to Erie. And, and I, I know it gets brought up on specifically Toronto-driven shows about McDavid. Oh, you know, Edmonton's got to be careful. And logic dictates maybe there's a degree of truth to that. I think you know where I'm going with this. Uh, he did sign an eight-year deal, like Dreisaitl. And those things are important, aren't they, in terms of a guy, a guy showing a commitment level? Yeah, I, I think this your question, I think you're being polite, Bob, because that's what you do. I think this question stems from some comments I made about Austin Matthews. Yep. And right after he signed, I was stunned by a five-year term, stunned by a five-year term. And I said, I, there's a good chance he's out of here after five years. And then I got asked, there, that was back in when he signed, and then I got asked about it during training camp and talked about it again, and then they all ran to Austin and said, Brian Burke said you're gone in five years, and I felt badly, not because I'm backing off from anything I said. I seldom do that. Right. But th- that he had to deal with it, and it was really an old quote, so I hope they don't run to him again. Here's the issue. We get no, we get modified no-trade clauses from players, okay? So I'm working in Calgary. I work in Toronto. I work in Vancouver. I've never given a full no-trade, no-move. But I'll go to the guy and say, you can give me eight teams or ten teams that you will not accept a trade to. And every Canadian team is on every one of those bloody lists. Even the Canadian kids list all the Canadian cities. So that's why I don't think an American is going to stick around longer than he has to. It's mainly because of the tax differential. It's got nothing to do with lack of team success or team success. It's got nothing to do with is it a nice place to play or are the people great. It's a financial thing. The tax differential is substantial, and that's why I said what I said. And I felt badly it caused Austin some heartburn, but I'm not backing down from what I said. When you get a, a Western Canadian kid gives you a list of eight teams that you won't accept a trade to, and Edmonton and Winnipeg and Vancouver on it, you're like, where are we going? Yeah, well, does there? all right, so we have revenue sharing. Okay, in the league, and since the 0506 lockout, I believe, with the exception of one year, which was the last year at Rexall Place, Edmonton has been a contributor. Now the Flames hit some tough times here last couple of years. I know that. Uh, and by the way, Brian, attendance. Uh, there were some Canadian markets like yesterday ended a uh, sellout streak at Edmonton for uh, d- dating all the way back to the 0506 lockout. There's other Canadian markets that, that you know Winnipeg was not sold out the other night. Um, the Canadian, and, and to me, part of it, it, it can be called team performance, but there's also a thing about the economy as well. Right now, Canada, do we need to reconfigure things from a cap perspective and a revenue-sharing perspective if there's taxable benefits to playing in markets like Texas 
It, like, look at Florida. They get revenue sharing money. They've been getting it every year, right, Brian? Since 0506, Florida would have been Vinny. Vinny told me he was getting revenue sharing money. He was, I was in a, a suite with him once a couple of years ago. I mean, they is is that necessarily fair that that Florida can sit there and outbid Edmonton on a player uh, and get the and part of the decision that maybe is made is because of the tax perspective, and yet Oilers fans are indirectly funding the Florida Panthers organization through revenue sharing. Yeah, I, I think the revenue sharing slash salary cap system is, you could argue, an inequity like that one. But overall, it works. And, okay. and the Players Association did a smart thing. They went back when, when, the, uh, when the league said we need a salary cap. The players said, okay, but if we're going to accept the salary cap, then the wealthy markets have to subsidize the, the poorer markets. And so... The top half of the teams contribute, top uh, bottom half uh, yep. receive a check. The check varies in size. Uh, my last year working for a team, and I'll try and get more current information. So two years ago, uh, four teams received the max of $25 million U.S. Um, and so they, they make it possible so people say, oh, they're going to lose $30 million in Carolina. But they get, I think, the league revenue sharing uh, check that year the league revenue check was $14 million and then $25 million in revenue sharing. So they get $14 million from the TV deal, licensing, et cetera, and then twenty five in revenue sharing. So they got $39 million in the bank to start. Yeah. So they've got a chance. They've got a fighting chance to make money or lose a small amount of money. Here's where okay. I'm going, going with this, Brian. When, when, the, uh, when Cal Nichols uh, was chairman of the Edmonton Investors Group, and there was the cap, the Canadian Assistance Program, which was capped at like three million bucks for each of Edmonton, Calgary, and Ottawa, I believe, at that time. It was like three million dollars. It wasn't twenty-five million dollars. And Edmonton and Calgary and Ottawa were not outbidding organizations for mid-level free agents, let alone and most of the free agents back then were thirty-one plus. A little bit different now in the system because it's twenty-seven plus. You know what I'm saying? Like, it seems like it, there's an inequity that's currently existing where they're riding off the backs. Even look at the television deal in Sportsnet. You know, Rogers, you guys are in at $5.2 5. over 12 years. It's more than double the amount they get from the U.S. national TV deal. You know what I think they should do to make it fair? I think that the money that gets brought in uh, from Rogers, that $5.2 billion over the 12 years, that should be spread amongst the seven Canadian teams. From, and then, yeah, and then, well, I'm just, you know, I'm half joking here, right? And then yeah, you, well, okay, but no, you're getting you're gonna get people all worked up. But first off, the Canadian assistance plan that was pure Gary Bettman, and so many Canadians dislike Gary. And I remember being a GM in Vancouver. A dollar was at sixty-one cents for God's sake, and Bettman stepped up and said, "We're going to help you guys through this." So we got three million, but back then I think my team payroll was only. I want to say forty million. It was a yep. significant amount of money. Yeah, it was. It wasn't a. It wasn't chump change. It wasn't just change tossed into a hat on the sidewalk. It was significant money. It paid at least one meaningful player on my team, and probably two. So you go fast forward. It's like, like I was saying. This is not the league saying Canadian assistance plan. This was a collective bargaining agreement where the players said, if we're going to check the cap, you've got to spread the money around. And it makes it possible to maintain 32 markets through thick and thin. Otherwise, Carolina probably would have had to move a couple years ago. Florida probably would have had to move a couple years ago. And it allows expansion because Florida, had it moved, or if Nashville moved back when they were in dire straits, or Carolina moved, they would have moved to Seattle or Las Vegas. 
So this allows expansion. It provides stability. I think the system works. Now, there's some state taxes aggravating, but it's just a question of money. You might have to pay a player a little bit more to keep them. Uh, I'll give you an example. Steven Stamkos was offered $10 million U.S. by the Toronto Maple Leafs. He took 8 5 in Tampa, and I'm told he's ahead because after tax. taxes. Yeah. Well, we could get in a whole different conversation just about the election and what that might mean for taxes. <laughs> is, is, that, is that just a byproduct of uh, the difference between Canadian culture and American culture? Well, if, if, a, if a Democrat wins in the U.S., their tax rates are going to go up dramatically, especially for high-income people. Okay. So things will change. There might be more equity in the landscape if, if uh, Elizabeth Warren wins, for example. Okay, good stuff. Brian, we touched on it all today. Uh, hey, we appreciate the time. Thank you for the clarity on the uh, Matthews statement, and that perspective makes sense. And uh, we look forward to touching base with you next Thursday when Edmonton's 9-1. and one? Well, no, come on. That won't be possible. <laughs> uh, plan the parade, Brian. Hey, thanks for thanks for your time. Thanks for having me on. Yvette, from uh, NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet, that is Brian Burke. His appearance is brought to you by... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's a leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. This is Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. All right, we got a ton of texts on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. We'll get to Lowe's at uh, 1.50. I will tell you that portions of Oilers Now are brought to you by Brent Ridge Ford out in Wetaskiwin. Come be a part of the small-town atmosphere. Let them prove why cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford is an eight-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. Uh, I would suggest to you, relative to the car business, they're understated. They're professional. Uh, they're not pushy. And uh, you know what? You don't get one deal when talking to a sales agent and then suddenly uh, plus, plus, plus when you go into financing. So go out and see Milt and Johnny, Rich, the gang at Brent Ridge Ford. Give them a call, 1-877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. To the orders Now Injury Report for James H. Brown and Associates. James H. Brown, injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Here's Brennan Escott. Brian Little of the Jets remains out of the lineup with concussion symptoms. He was cleared for contact yesterday, but they're playing it safe. He will not suit up tonight. Bruins forward David Krejci out with an arm injury, also will not play tonight. They've got Tampa. Uh, Par Lindholm will slot in in his place. In Detroit, it sounds like Patrick Nemeth is dealing with an illness, will not dress tonight against Calgary. Adam Ernie has an upper body injury, is doubtful, along with Danny DeKaiser, who has an abdominal injury, and Jonathan Erickson, who's on IR with a back injury. As for the Oilers... 
Uh, Joe Kim Nygaard will miss two to four weeks with a rib injury. Adam Larson, of course, recovering from that fractured right fibula. And Dave Tippett made extra point of mentioning after last night's game, Joel Pearson remaining in concussion protocol for uh, seven to ten days after that hit from Andrew Shaw. And I wonder again at some point over the next 48 to 72 hours if we see a recall potentially for William Laguson. Off to a uh, global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. We'll talk a bit about Dave's drive when we come back in Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.